It's ball talk. It's ball talk, baby. 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 It was the night before regular season basketball when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The posters were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that ball talk would soon be there. Happy start of the regular season, ball talk fans! I can't yell too much, my mom was asleep. <laughs> um, it wouldn't be Tillman Fertito's fault this time, so I can't keep yelling. Um, <laughs> we here at Ball Talk are super excited for the start of the regular season, and we have a super fun episode in store for you guys. As always, joined by my man Chaz. Chaz, how are you doing today? I'm all right. You know how it is. You know, things, things have been better, but we're, we're going to stay off the football today, so we don't have to talk about Ben Roethlisberger and, and just hop right into the exciting fact that we got some regular season, NBA seasons back, shortest offseason in NBA history, pro sports history. I guess get one pun in. Go ahead. Ben Roethlisberger or Ben Roethl's donut? Oh, nailed that. Nailed that. Yes. Yes. Ooh. Let's go. <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right, everybody. So we're going to start off today with a little bit of breaking news. And that should go for like 10 to 15 minutes. And um, then we're going to give you our preseason picks. And it'll be a lot of me being really negative about people. And uh, it should be a lot of fun. So let's get it started. Uh, First order of business is actually, I think it's not getting enough media coverage. So I'm really happy we're here to talk about it. It's uh, the Steve Ballmer tampering investigation that has been opened regarding the signing of Kawhi Leonard. Uh, There was a leaked voicemail by Johnny. So the story is, allegedly Steve Ballmer had a middleman, Johnny Wilkes, um, buy Uncle Dennis a house and other stuff. For those who don't know, Uncle Dennis is Kawhi's uncle, manager, and fall guy for his horrible behavior. So buying a house with a player that's circumventing the CBA because you can't, you know, you can't put that in a contract, da-da-da-da-da. The last time this happened was with the Timberwolves, and their punishment was originally the forfeiture of five first-round picks from the years of 2001-2005 and losing the bird rights to the player that they had circumvented the cap to sign. That player was Joe, the most generic name in NBA history, Smith. Um, and then eventually the picks from 2003 and 2005 were both restored. So the final punishment was three first round picks and the loss of Smith's bird rights. The reason that this whole big thing blew up is because Johnny Wilkes, the alleged middleman, put, uh, is suing Jerry West for $2.5 million for his role in recruiting Kawhi Leonard to the Clippers, including buying the, the aforementioned house. But Wilkes alleges he wasn't compensated fairly and is trying to get his money. So far, there's only circumstantial evidence against the Clippers, whereas in the Minnesota case, there was literally a signed document explaining how they would be circumventing the cap to sign Joe Smith. So this is your warning, everybody. If the Clippers only get a fine or whatever, no freaking out, no yelling, but the Timberwolves on first-round picks, big market bias. None of that. None of that. I will tolerate none of it. Not a word. So now the NBA already allowed. This is there's a lot of interestingness to this, and that's why I'm really sad to meet that bigger media people aren't talking about it because I think there's so many so much interestingness that goes with it. 
For one, the NBA already allowed the Clippers to tamper with Kawhi Leonard during his entire tenure with the Raptors. It was an open secret. There was Clippers guys at every game taking him for dinner, doing this, doing that. That's tampering. That is blatantly tampering. And that was happening every single game when Kawhi was a Raptor. And then he signed with the Clippers. Whoa, surprise. So now they will the league continue to let the Clippers cheat to the top? Or did Ballmer already play his, I replaced Donald Sterling, let me get away with some stuff, chits? We'll see. That's, I think that's, I, I can't remember who I stole that take from. Someone else mentioned the Donald Sterling replacement as a reason he's getting a lot of leeway. But you can't, I really think that, that this might be the running out. Look, Another, or sorry, you going to say something, Chaz? Didn't mean to yeah, one of the things I wanted to say about it is, especially in the NBA circles, if they're talking about a guy who's getting accused right now is Jerry West, who's literally the logo of the NBA. So Replace him with Kobe. <laughs> the only thing I have to say like that is when you come for Jerry West in an NBA setting, it's not going to go well for you. I don't care who you are. <laughs> the NBA is well, well positioned to protect Jerry West and who he is as a person and anything that he has done. So I don't think that I won't be too surprised to see the Clippers get off a little bit scot-free compared to something like what happened in Minnesota. I wouldn't I mean, be surprised an, another... to see a fine. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised to see a fine, but like given what had just happened to the Bucks recently, I don't yeah. think there'll be anything more than than that happening to the Clippers. Yeah, I was going to come out with that in a in a second. The Bucks just lost their second round pick this year because of the Bogdanovich fiasco in which there was an explicit verbal agreement on a full trade and signing and a contract that a Bogdanovich would sign and then be traded to the Milwaukee Bucks, a sign and trade before the sign trade period had begun. That was illegal. They handled it horribly. We have chastised the Bucks for it a thousand times. I don't need to chastise them again, but they suck for that. They did a horrible job. Um, but they lost the second round pick. So it's already been established that taking picks is not out of the realm of possibility. Here's the interesting thing for me though. The Clippers don't have any picks to give up. Um, in the original, in the Joe Smith case, the Timberwolves case, the Stepien rule was loosely applied. They wound up skip, you wound up getting every other draft pick, but you lost your first two. So for the Clippers, that's one. Their 2028 first round draft pick, their 2030 draft first round draft pick, and their 2032 first round draft pick. Joe Smith was a much worse player than Kawhi Leonard, and they lost three picks. I'm thinking that if there's a pick punishment, it will be at least three, and that would be big. That would be big if they lost it, all their picks until 2032. If they take just the next three that the Clippers own, it would be 2021, 2025, 2020, 2023, 2025. So that would be – they would have no first-round picks at all until the year 2026. No, 2027, OKC owns the 2026. Another thing, I don't really – I don't really care what the NBA finds. I don't really care if the NBA says that there was no tampering. I don't care. I'm not listening to that. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. And you want to know why? Do you want to know why? Because Kawhi Leonard and Uncle Dennis are scumbags. 
They are scumbags. They are they 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 scumbagged their way out of San Antonio. They scumbagged their way out of Toronto. And Uncle Dennis is just Kawhi's fall guy. I don't believe that Kawhi isn't a part of any of this. I am tired of him getting away with no blame for this. No, no. Kawhi Leonard has been scumbagging his way across. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm not going to be the one who's letting him get away with it like everyone else. The rumors are Kawhi requested the use from the Raptors. He requested the use of the owner's private jet if they wanted him to stay. He requested a house if they wanted him to stay. That would be circumventing the gap. Flat out. That was leaked. That, it, that was their demand. And Masai looked at him and said, I can't give you that. I'm sorry. So I'm going to say it wouldn't be insane if he asked the same thing from the Clippers. Kawhi wants that superstar treatment, man. And, and LA, I guess, is the place to get it because Toronto wasn't willing to break the rules. I guess there is a little bit of the Ballmer. big market bias. And when you have guys like Jerry West in your front office, Steve Ballmer, who's been a vocal leader amongst NBA governors and is one of the few governors that's out there at games and a lot of people are fans of and see him doing his crazy stuff and loving his team so I do think it's in the NBA's interest to keep this team in the best situation they possibly can I wouldn't be surprised to see them lose a second round pick here or there but I don't think it'll be more than that and I'm look there's something I've never understood about the NBA and tapering is that when you go in on things like this and yes, two and a half million dollars to some guy named Johnny Wilkes is a, a heavy accusation and not something that teams should be doing on the under underside, but this is a professional sports. These are billionaires that own these teams. They're making these moves. They're making these money talks before the official rules begun. So as much as tampering is an issue and the NBA does its best to resolve it, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like Kawhi Leonard is the only one who's getting meetings and talk to by teams before July 1st of free agency. Oh, every player in the NBA is getting their phone called here or there, has people meeting them in coffee shops, asking them what's going to happen and where they feel like they should be going. So, I mean, this was the first superstar year. Gets superstar a, treatment. This was the first year where we didn't have a midnight one boom of signings because the NBA has been cracking down so hard on tampering which is another interesting thing. I think that's the thing. I think there's so many interesting ways. I think that's so, I, I mean, maybe I will write a story, you know? <laughs> I mean, the newspaper I used, I, I write for hasn't published, isn't publishing because it's winter break, but uh, maybe I'll put out an article. Maybe on yeah, uh, like allball.net. Allball.net. Oh yeah, I forgot. Allball.net. Yeah, we got, shout out my man Tyler. I get back to that, man. I've been too busy with finals. Okay, wait, last thing on this, on this Balmer thing. Last mm. thing on the Balmer before we move on. In usualness, in the usual world, when someone is sued for $2.5 million, but you are worth over $2 billion because you're Steve Ballmer, under normal circumstances, you settle out of court for an undisclosed amount. But, but, if he settles out of the court, will the NBA see that as an admission of guilt? The NBA is not a court of law. It doesn't need to think to, to believe beyond a reasonable doubt that you did or didn't commit whatever act is being accused of you. If the other 29 owners feel that Balmer is guilty of tampering, that is enough for the Clippers to be punished. That's all it takes. All 20, 20 owners, I think it is, a majority of owners just needs to say, that's tampering. I don't stand for that. They need to be punished. And guess what? 
Adam Silver doesn't have a choice. It's his job. He has to listen to the will of the majority of owners. He has to punish the Clippers. It's not... Yeah, I mean, what's an interesting thing that could happen with this is you could see teams appealing to Adam Silver, an NBA commissioner, whoever's in charge of overviewing tampering issues, that there's been something at fault here and there needs to be something done. And I could see the NBA opening an investigation, but once again, it's going to be an investigation probably run by the NBA. And I'm of the personal opinion that they are better off having the Clippers as a good team and a good team that's good for the future and not wanting to ruin Jerry Let the world burn. Let the world burn. (laughs) Scorched earth. So I don't think uh, I don't think the Clippers will see much from this. If they lose a second or a couple seconds here or there, like I said, it'll hurt them just like it hurts the Bucks right now because they actually have no picks. So those second rounders would have been really helpful. But <laughs> if for not the Clippers, uh, did they tamper? Probably. Did everyone else who tried to get Kawhi also call him and have a lot of things to offer that were circumventing the cap? Also, yes. So. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. I'm I'm putting my money. I'm putting my money on nothing. I'm putting my money on a big nothing burger. Maybe a fine for being generally aware. Shout out to Tom Brady. <laughs> you know, we'll see. I'm not expecting anything to come up, to come from this. But moving on. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Speaking of some guys that have gotten overpaid recently. Oh my goodness. Lord Almighty, Rudy Gobert signs a $205 million five-year max contract, not a super max, but over the max, for an average value of $41 million a year until he is 33. I'm sorry, Utah. I, I'm sorry I just it had don't to be know. You. I'm sorry it had to be you, Utah Jazz. I mean, they, he was a 27th overall pick. He's, he's already guaranteed to make over $300 million throughout his career. You know that? $300 million. I think that, that's more than, like, any NBA legend. A lot of them, yeah. I, was I, think, like like Kobe, I think Kobe had 320, and, like, and uh, KG had 340, and everyone else from that era had less. Yeah, the money's getting out of hand now, and especially for a guy like Rudy Gobert, who's okay. Unplayable I guess sometimes. He won a Defensive Player of the Year, right? Two, two. two. He's won two. I I don't know if he deserved either of them. We have a lot of talk about DPOYs later. I have yeah. some hot takes on that. I, I've been waiting for my hot takes on DPOYs. They are coming later this episode. Do not worry. So, so I don't want to to steal your notes here, but this is just one of those signings that a team has to make. Because he's their guy. They drafted him. He's their second star on their duo that they're trying to make a run with. And he's about to be a free agent this offseason. And someone in the NBA is going to give him a near-max contract. And if it, A full-max. And if you it could, wasn't going to be you, it was going to be somebody else and you were going to lose him for York. nothing. So It was going to be the New York Knicks. <laughs> so they had to do it. $41 million is just it, – it speaks to a little bit what we were talking about early on last episode, I think, or the episode before about the Supermax is that there's just no way that there should be guys that can be allowed to demand this much money as a secondary star on your team. It's just, mm-hmm. and the thing is, is he can and is all deserving of that money versus his other competition right now. Like everyone else that is making the teams he's making is getting that kind of money. So I guess mm-hmm. you've got to give it to him, but 
for until you're 33 on a contract that I'm sure is it grows three year because the NBA has their percentages on their contracts. It's going to be like a 48, 50 million dollar deal for a 33 year old Rudy Gobert to play. What are you doing with that? Like, what are you doing with that much money invested into a 33 year old Rudy Gobert, someone who relies so much on his athleticism, someone who still is unable to play in certain playoff matchups. He's at his peak right now, next year, the year after. He, the best, the best playoff matchup that you can get as the Utah Jazz was the Denver Nuggets. Maybe, maybe the Clippers, but definitely the Nuggets because they have a big center that won't play Rudy Gobert off the floor. Who will have the ball in his hands enough that Rudy Gobert isn't getting stretched to the three-point line where he can't guard anybody. Who won't be switching you in pick and rolls? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like this. To me, and you I- blow a three-one lead to them. You blow a three-one lead to them. How? How is anyone making forty-one million dollars after you blow a three-one lead? Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell averaged like fifty points a game, <laughs> and you couldn't win a series. You, you had three games of Donovan Mitchell averaging like 40 a game, and you couldn't be the second best player to get them a win. How? You're going to tell me what 41 minutes? No! Dude, Nerlens Noel is making $5 million this year. Five. Clint Capella and Yusuf Nurkic combined make less than Rudy Gobert. I'm not sure. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure if I would take Rudy Gobert over both of those guys on every every given day. Oh, I'd, I'd almost go off right now and just say I'd rather have Yusuf Nurkic. Oh, definitely. Oh, <laughs> definitely. But I, I might take Capella some days. Yeah, no, I guess a smaller team, I will gladly have Capella because he's a more mobile – like, Gobert's 7-2. You can't move. teach height, but he, he can't. Can't really slide. Half of his defensive highlights are fouls or goaltends. If you watch him back, like, <laughs> hey, hey, Patrick Beverly got a DPOI vote. <laughs> like, yeah, I just don't know the three-one lead. It's like this team. If you're the Utah Jazz, you look at the roster you have right now, and it's Donovan Mitchell is clearly your star player. 23, 24 years old, just had the best playoff series of his life. Mm-hmm should be nothing but the best, have the best years in front of him. And then Rudy Gobert, who's probably entering the prime of his career right now. And I understand he's about to be a free agent, but the five-year max like this was not the right call. Like you could have given him a three-year max and I would, we would have said it was an overpay, but at least it was a two plus one, you know, that would have at least been like We're good. If it was a three, one, a a, a two, one, or just a three-year Full max, like. Correct. If it was thirty-five percent right of the cap for three years, that'd be a fine deal. Mm-hmm. That would be a fine, fine, fine deal. Three years, thirty-five percent of the cap. He's making about forty-five million a year for three years. Overpay, but you know what? He'll be thirty. He'll be getting his new contract. You pay him for five years at like twenty-five, twenty million a year. That's fine. It's it's doable, but that's not how you do it. Look. I'm just like, he's not a bad player. He's a really good player. But is he someone that you can play in the playoffs? We don't know. And he's 28, and we don't know if you can play him in the playoffs. And he's, he's, never, sh- he's never shown any sign of trying to develop a jump shot. 
He's never shown any sign of trying to really work on his, his IQ out of the pick and roll, post-passing, is being able to make better reads. It's just like he's always been a tall defensive player, and he's gotten bigger and filled out and learned the NBA game. But besides and that, he hasn't really developed into anything more than just a shot-blocking center. He's gotten worse, I'd argue. I would argue he's gotten worse. I mean, okay, anyway, 27th overall pick. Balled out. I was I was very high on him before the draft. I was very high on him before the draft. Putting that out there. You love your big men. I love my big men. I'm like those are the most insane measurements I've ever read about a player ever. Why would I take it? this? This is a ridiculous draft. Why wouldn't I take him in the lottery? And you know what? For the 27th overall pick, if you get Rudy Gobert, you are doing jumping jacks. You are somersaulting, cartwheeling, and everything. But like. To choose to pay the 27th overall pick, that is Rudy Gobert. It's, it's not even like that. It's like he, he came from that, and he got so good. And he won DPLY and all the, And then he turned he – he got, he got the, Dwight, the Dwight sickness. I haven't came up with a name for it yet. I, I wish I had a better – you know, he, he, he had Dwight Mares. There, that better, that good enough. You know, tweet me if that's good enough, at John Sock. Hashtag Dwight Mares. Hashtag Dwight Mares. He, got, he started having Dwight Mares and was like, I need the ball in the post. Give me the ball in the post. And then he tries to do a little post move and he loses the ball because his arms are too long and he can't control it. And it's like, dude, come on. Like, I can do post moves. I'm 6'9". Six, six, I can do post moves. Like, mm-hmm. Chaz has seen me do post moves. Like, come on. Like, yeah. It just – he's so bad at them. And he can't pass out of the double team. So the moment that he catches the ball down low, you double team him. He turns it over. He loses it. It's – and, and it has stop to asking for the ball down low. Just stop. Just just catch lobs, get rebounds. Just be happy. Mm-hmm. Be happy. You're getting forty-one million. You got paid. I hope that he sees this and he says, "I got paid. I'm gonna stop doing stuff. Yeah. Anything. I'm just gonna do whatever coach tells me. I'm just gonna zip my mouth, do whatever coach tells me. All right. I'm only catching lobs for now on. Okay. Oh, I'm catching the ball at the top of the key. I swing it and then I dive. Okay." I'm, I don't want post moves. I don't want mid-ranges. I don't mm. want post touches. I don't want three-pointers. I just want to run back and forth and get my rebounds, block my shots, and put in my little chip-ins and my, lay, my layups and my dunks and my lobs. I don't need anything else. Yeah. I, especially the last thing I really want to say about this Gobert thing is that after everything that happened last year with the microphones and the – the shutting down of the whole NBA and the falling out between him and Donovan Mitchell is as much as they were said, like the relationship's fine. They, they've worked past it, blah, 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 blah. It's just like sitting in Utah with an aging Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, who just got paid and Rudy Gobert as one year off free agency. It's like, yes, we want to extend him, but if he's demanding a five year max like this is, I think you're better off letting him go. Like you have all this money to find somebody trade else. Trade him. Somebody else can do this job. There's so many guys entering the league every day that want to work hard and are new and guys that are just freaks of nature are coming out of everywhere, left, right, and center. Like you don't, you don't need a Rudy Gobert for this much money. Hassan Whiteside is making two million dollars, and Hassan Whiteside sucks. But he hey, Hassan Whiteside, let's not get too crazy. Let's not get too crazy. At least Hassan Whiteside stops jumping. But man, like. But some other guys got extensions too recently. Could, wait, wait, really quickly. Okay. You could send Rudy Gobert to the Knicks 
for Nerlens Noel, Alfred Payton, Alec Burks, Julius Randle, and Frank Nittaklina, or any of their young guys. Just one young guy. Is that a horrible deal? Maybe you can even get Noel and Mitch Robinson, and then you have a whole new center lineup. And Mitch Robinson can do everything that Rudy Gobert can do, and he doesn't demand the ball. Yeah, Noel's Noel can do everything. Can do everything that uh, that Rudy Gobert can do. Worse, but he can slide on the perimeter. Maybe Alfred Payton can almost play point guard. <laughs> Maybe Alec Burks will be a good sixth man for you, and then you don't need to overpay Jordan Clarkson too. Although I love Jordan Clarkson, get your money. Mm-hmm. But man, whatever. Moving on from that. Yeah. Lots of extensions that make the Gobert extension look even worse. We're just gonna go through it really quick. Because there was there was a few, so we're gonna start off with the first deal that was signed. Kyle Kuzma, forty million over three years with the player option. Good deal, good player, not an overpay. He definitely, I, I called it early. I called it. He wanted to stay in in LA because it's better for his brand. Guess what? He stayed in LA. It's better for the brand. He probably could have gotten more money. He probably could. I mean, next deal, Luke Kennard, Luke Kennard, sixty-four million over four. Kyle Kuzma could have definitely gotten more money somewhere. If Luke Kennard's getting 64 million over four, Kyle Kuzma's getting 64 million over four. But Kyle Kuzma knows I stay in the Lakers, I stay winning championships, I'm gonna make more money. I might get a Puma signature shoe now. He was like their player drop deal, whatever, for the newest shoe. Like Kyle Kuzma, great deal in my opinion. Up and coming TikTok star of the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> Little tiki tack. <laughs> um Luke Kennard brings us to Luke Kennard. 64 million over four to stay with the Clippers. Hasn't played a regular season game with them. And you're going to give him that kind of bag? The, the Clippers clearly know something we don't with their offseason moves this year. The Clippers are, are playing on a different wave. Kyrie, Kyrie knows. The Clippers know. Some, there's something out there that these people know that we don't. So uh, we, just, we just we don't get it. We're just not on the same level. We have head coaches. We don't get it. Yeah, I'm not. We're, we're, not we're on pawns. That we're pawns. We don't get it. We're not on that third, fourth, fifth, uh, fifth eye viewing. We're not on that wavelength, I guess. But it's overpay unless he turns out to be a, a future sixth man of the year or something like that. So. I just got to say, it's really funny because the Kyle Kuzma deal was the first deal. And usually the first deal sets the market. For example, Timofey Mozgov, 2016, gets a $64 million over four deal. Mozgov, Luke Kennard got Mozgov, buddy! Woo! Can we, get like a, can we get like a dinger for that every time we realize someone got Mozgov money? Luke Kennard got Mozgov money. Uh, but Mozgov, when he got Mozgov money, he was the first contract signed because at 12 p.m. at midnight, Mitch Kupchak called Timofey Mozgov and said, $64 million over four years. If you hang up this phone and don't sign the contract with me on the phone right now, I won't give you the money. Moskov said, Moskov looked around the room and said, okay, signed the deal, got overpaid, and destroyed the Lakers. Um, so Kyle Kuzma was the first deal this year, and he set the market. And then Luke Kennard goes, gets $64 million over four, Moskov money, and that didn't set the market which is interesting because Luke Kennard is getting 64 million over four. OG Anunobi deserves a lot more than 72 million over four. A lot, a lot. I'm talking at least 80 million, at least, at least 88 million. If Luke Kennard is getting 16 and I'm OG Anunobi, I'm like, I want 22 a year. It's almost paying that bum, that guy 16 million. 
that someone's paying Luke, you know who I am, Kennard, $16 million. I'm OG and an OB. I want 22. He's one yeah. of the best. Like, OG's one of the best defenders in the league. He can Great play. resigning for the Raptors. Great resigning for the Raptors. Huge, especially now that they can't, you know, go get Giannis. Mm. And the free agent crop is drying up. Next one, Derek White, $73 million over four. Great defender. I think at worst it's a really tradable contract. You know, it's in that range of guys like Danny Green, Davis Bertans, Joe Harris, the, you know, the secondary type player, the tertiary player on a, Mm -hmm. you know, defender can shoot a little bit, can do a little bit of everything, but mostly just there for like his role. He got good role player money. Very happy for him. I would love him on any team. Yeah, I think, without seeing the Luke Kennard deal, I would have thought he would have got the same kind of deal as Luke Kennard. So I think this is maybe a slight overpay just because I'm not in love with Derek White. I think he's a great, yes, I am. <laughs> great tool, a great like six man rotational player for any championship roster. He's a great guy. You can plug and play in a lot of different lineups and I think he'll be very useful, but I think he just lacks a little bit of the ability to do it on his own on both ends of the ball. I think some matchups for him are – he is a good defender, but he has he does struggle in some matchups just because of his height. And then offensively, I don't find he's the greatest shot creator. So yeah. 73 over four is a little much, but it's really not that much of an overpay. And like you said, it's a very tradable contract. Some especially, team is always going to want a Derek White on their squad. So Especially with, like, all the guards and playmakers and stuff they have on that roster. They're, they are yeah. inundated with playmakers like that. Those Spurs are going to be good again. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't know when that they're going to hit good again, but they're going to be good again. If Deontay Murray, Murray, if he stays healthy, they're going to be good again. Whatever. Next contract: Markel Fultz, fifty million over three years. Last year is a team option. Orlando makes out like bandits. If you haven't realized, Markel Fultz is a good starting NBA point guard. You need to watch more Markel Fultz. That dude can play. That dude also looked has been doing really good in preseason. I actually don't have him on my MIP ballot later, but I'm putting him – I'm literally scrolling down my notes right now to add him to my MIP ballot because Fultz is nice. I, I want to say I think he might be on mine, but I, I'd have to check. He is great signing for Orlando, especially mm-hmm. the team option, so it gives you that, that safety if he does end up knock on wood having the same type of injury or something going wrong again where he really can't play basketball, then – they're able to get out of it a year early but and if he isn't then he looks like he's going to be a great quality NBA point guard he's the jumper is clearly broken from what it was in college but look it goes in every once in a while and just his ability to bring the ball up the floor he's a great ball handler really he's like 6'4 220 he's really big strong point guard and his ability to play at different paces and different speeds is just he's going to be an effective guy for you on the floor he's going to make plays happen and the jumper is eventually going to come, hopefully. So for them, mm-hmm. I think it's a good deal. And then, I mean, another yeah. another another caveat is um, they have they have Cole Anthony on the bench, and now you've got your starting point guard with a team option. And oh, we want whatever we want. You know, if they decide that they need to really embrace the younger guys, they can mm-hmm. trade him. His contract expires. His his contract essentially expires in two years. There's, it, it's a great contract. Anytime you can sign someone to a team option on, on the contract, that's a great contract as the team. Yeah. Points for them. Another, another Orlando player signed an extension, and that's John Isaacs, got an $80 million over four, which is an amazing deal if he's healthy, and it is a very bad deal if he is not playing in the NBA anymore. But knock on wood, man. John Isaacs is one of my favorite players in, um, in the league right now. 
I just think he's so good. I think he might literally be the best defender in the league. Just I watch him play, and I'm like, that guy might literally just be the best at this anywhere if he could do everything. He, he is what I thought Nerlens Noel was before Nerlens Noel got hurt, except he can play the three, which is yeah. where that is way more valuable. No, he's, he's a great defender. He's going to be – if he can come back and stay on the floor, which even when he was back briefly during the bubble, I think it was, or right before the bubble, he looked good for those few games he was playing, man, until he got hurt again. He looked really good. So yeah. I really just hope he can get back on the floor, and he does look – like Orlando's always one of those teams that they seem to be putting it together and they never really are. But if he comes back and is healthy, they're really going to have a chance to make some noise. Cause I think he's going to be an elite switchable defender, three, four, five, two, one. Tell me who you want me to take. Like <laughs> On ball, off ball. You want me, Oh, you want me playing weak side help? I can play weak side help. You want me guarding the best player? I can guard the best player. Like if one of Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony really break out, then, which I put money, one of them does. I would not bet against both of them and Karim Mane. That they're, they're yeah. not that one of those three is not going to be a great there. NBA point guard. And if they break out and John Isaac stays healthy, which is now putting a lot of factors in, and the rest of the team is all right, da 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 da. That's a really good squad. That's a squad. Mm-hmm. That's a squad. Uh, last little point about extensions: Laurie Markkinen, Lonzo Ball, and Jared Allen all didn't sign extensions, which is pretty obvious. If you know. They all think they're starters. They all think they're – which I think they actually all three are. They all think that they deserve a bigger role in the offense. I think all three do. Why would you sign an extension before you get to show that off? Eh, risky, but I like it. Yeah, it's – all three of those guys I think are going to be – Lowry and that Bulls team is going to be really interesting this year. They made a lot of changes in the front office too, the coaching staff. It's going to be interesting to see how him, Pat Williams – and uh, Wendell Carter all work together in the front court. I don't know what they're planning on to do there. And then uh, Lonzo, of course, he's got Eric Bledsoe. He's got a lot of other guards. So it's going to be interesting for all of them. Jared Allen, they got DeAndre Jordan there. Maybe he thinks they're not going to pay him, so he wants to get a bag somewhere else because Brooklyn is a little strapped for cash right now. So mm-hmm. I'm not surprised to see any of those guys go in, into free agency, but I also mm-hmm. won't be surprised to see Lonzo or Lowry return to their teams like yeah. those guys I'd be surprised all... to see Jared Allen return though yeah I just because don't think they'll have the money for him I, I, it's not even just about the money I don't I don't think they're hard capped so I think that they can go over the cap to sign him I'm pretty sure I'd have to double check but I'm pretty <laughs> sure they are not hard capped they didn't use the biannual express ex, they didn't use the biannual uh exception and they didn't use the taxpayer MLE That's right, so right. I don't think they're hard capped I think they can sign him no matter what he commands but I don't think they want to pay him that much because I think that they want to – I think that they saw KD get slower. I think we all saw KD look just a little slower and no one wants to be the one to say it. He looks a little bit slower because it might just be preseason. He might just not be running it, you know. It might just be preseason speed, but he looked a little slower. And, you know, he talked about playing the five and Steve Nash talked about playing him at the five. Maybe this being slower is actually a thing for him. Mm-hmm. and they want him to play the five. And when you have two, DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen, two starting caliber centers, albeit neither of them high-end starting caliber centers, two starting caliber centers, you don't have minutes for KD yeah. at the five. Because either they're both playing 24, or one of them's playing more than 28, and one of them's playing less than 20. No matter what, you're juggling, and it's going to suck, because you can't play either of them together, not even for a minute. 
maybe for like a minute. Like, <laughs> maybe you put them out there to secure yourself a defensive rebound at the end of a game on a free throw. Yeah. That's when those two play together. It's like when they sub ta- Taco Fall into the end of the game. It's that <laughs> type of stuff. Exactly. Ugh, whatever. On to, uh, done with this. Let's have some fun. Let's get some fun going. Let's talk about our preseason picks, all the beauty of it. Night before the regular season, we know almost as much as we'll know until the first game. Chaz, I'm going to ask you right now, playoffs. West or East, where would you like to start? I'm going to start in the Eastern Conference. Awesome. I feel like we we should show a little love to the East because we already know the West is going to be a bloodbath. Go through it 1 to 10 right now, and I'll stop you when you say something insane. Okay, so you're going to stop me at number one. Awesome. I'm excited. Boston Celtics. Nope, I'm not stopping you. I'm not stopping you. That's not insane at all. Jason Tatum is a monster. (laughs) Jalen Brown is taking steps. Maybe they they look like a better regular season team if Kemba Walker is not that long or if Peyton Pritchard is half legit and Jeff Teague is legit enough as a starter. Like, Jason, they're going to be a great regular season team. Anyone who doesn't think they're going to be a great regular season team is crazy. And if they change, if they're actually able to trade Jalen Brown for James Harden, which is a easy move to do, I wouldn't even think about it for a half second if I didn't need to put in more than like two picks. I would do it in a second. James yeah. Harden, Jason Tatum, that's easy number one seed. Nothing crazy. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. Celtics. I think they're going to be good regular season team. At number two, I got the the reigning MVP in the Milwaukee Bucks. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> At three, we just talked about him. It's uh, it's that duo down in Brooklyn, KD and Kyrie at the Brooklyn Nets. So you're high on them. You, you, I, you do, I do really think that KD and Kyrie are going to come out firing this year. I, I like that. I have that. a lot to say. I like that. And then uh, four, I have the Sixers. I actually have Sixers at four, too. I have completely – my top three is different, but I got Sixers at four, too. Sixers at four, and then it'll be an exciting first-round matchup because they'll be playing the Raptors at five. Where are the Heat? The Heat are down here at six. That's insane. That's crazy. We, we talked about this before. I really think the Heat's lack of other big men with Bam Adebayo is going to hurt them throughout the regular season. I, I don't think it's going to hurt them until the playoffs. I think it's going to be great for the regular season. I'm not buying them in the playoffs, though. I think they're going to fall a little bit this year. and it's, it's, I just like the other teams ahead of them. Every single one of those teams, I think, has a better <clears> – not necessarily a better duo, but – Maybe a better duo than the Heat, than Jimmy Butler and Batman Abayo, but we'll get to that. I have the Indiana Pacers at the top of the play-in seeds at seven. And then I have the Wizards at the second play-in seed at eight. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, I Hawks, switched. Atlanta Hawks are going to compete with the Wizards at nine for that last spot. And mm-hmm. then uh, the Orlando Magic, who we just showed a lot of love. I got closing it out at ten. Yeah, I had the exact – I mean, I had the exact same top ten. I think that's that the East is a joke. The the East is such a joke. Who? Oh no! Charlotte might take eleven. Woo! Oh my goodness! Who cares? But yeah, there's. Yeah. And, and for the record, I have Hornets, Bulls, Cavs, Pistons, Knicks for eleven through fifteen in that order. So who do you have finishing the plan? Who do you have finishing seven and eight after the plan? Okay. Um, do you do you have anything crazy for that? I want to know. Here's the thing. Pacers magic. I really do think Orlando could win that two games there. Well, I think it's actually seven plays eight. Eight plays nine, nine plays ten. Or other way around. Ten would play nine. If nine wins, whoever wins that plays eight. Whoever wins that plays seven. Okay. That's how I understand it. 
I was under the impression it was seven versus ten and eight versus nine, but whatever. Then, um, are the Magic going to beat the Hawks? Probably not. Are the Hawks going to beat the Wizards? Probably not. The Wizards could beat the Pacers, though. I could see the Wizards jumping to seven just because Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, if you have to give them one game to go out there and win it all, I, I think they are better than anyone else on the Pacers. So I could see the Wiz- I could see the the mm-hmm. Wizards jumping up to seven and the Pacers fall into eight. And then, but I, I do see those two making the playoffs. I don't think the Hawks or the Magic are really going to jump in. I, for me, I mean, yeah. really quick, my top 10, it's Bucks one, Heat okay. two. I'm really high on the Heat for the regular okay. season, especially. Celtics three, Sixers four, Raptors five, Nets six. I'm just feeling conservative. I don't think they're going to go that hard during the regular season. I don't think that it's indicative of their playoff, future playoff success. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm low on them for the regular season. I don't think they care that much about seeding. I think that they know they have the the best number one and probably the best number two in the East. I don't think they're worried. Um, seven yes. and eight though. Yeah, I got Washington at seven. Okay. Uh, eight of Pacers, nine Atlanta, ten Magic. But I have the Atlanta Hawks beating the Indiana Pacers for the eighth seed, and then I have Atlanta beating Milwaukee round one. Trey Young is coming. <laughs> Trey Young is coming, and it is boring to not predict upsets. So I, it, it is boring. It is absolutely boring not to predict upsets. I got Trey Young beating the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round. Yeah, I I don't agree. I think that That's they could totally definitely fair. beat the Pacers. <laughs> I think they could definitely beat the Pacers for a playing game. It'll be dependent on what which Victor Oladipo comes back next year for me, for really, for the Pacers, because they still – the Pacers still have a sneaky good team, I think. We're discredit them a lot because they're in a lot of trade talks, but yeah, Brogdon, Depot, TJ, Sabonis, and Miles Turner is still a pretty well-rounded starting five in the Eastern Conference. And They're bringing Turner off the bench from what I understand. I, I like Sabonis Justin Holiday. Yeah, I like – I like that better. I yeah, like it a lot better. Honestly. Way better for them anyway. So I'm not <laughs> EJ McConnell and Miles mm-hmm. Turner pick and roll off the bench is going to be nice. They're going to be good defensively too. So mm-hmm. I think Indiana will be all right. They'll probably beat the Hawks in a one game and then going into the playoffs, I had to look at my standings and just see who's going to go through here. I'd I don't really... need to go through round by round. I just want to know Yeah. really quick. Uh, I, I'm going to say really quick, I feel like I'm low on the Nets and I also feel like I'm a little low on the Sixers. Mm-hmm. I feel like they could easily be a top three team just if the dominoes fall right for them, if they get James Harden, if anything, if they just play well, I think they could easily be a top three team. Yeah, they could be better than the next um, the Bucks I have right now ahead of them. I want to know you're calling me get out of the East. Okay, so if I'm looking at this playoff schedule that I set for my, for my teams here, I can go through. You mean to send you like one of those like bracketology, those brackets things? You can start writing stuff down. No, no, I, I can do it in my head just for I, I, three. I got a big white. I got a whiteboard right here. I, <laughs> okay, I need to clean it here. off. If you'd like, I can like clean it off, and we can like just go through it on the whiteboard. I'm all right. I got. I definitely got the Celtics going through in the first round, regardless of if they play the Wizards, the Pacers, the Hawks, or the Magic. I don't really care. They're gonna win. Uh the Bucks could have some trouble with the Wizards. But I don't think it'll be enough to really cause a problem. They don't. Wizards don't have anyone who can guard Giannis. So the Bucks will be going through Nets and Heat in the first round. It'll be interesting. Awesome. Sheesh. I'm inclined to go KD and Kyrie here. 
personally. And then I'd have the, as much as I hate to say it, the Raptors probably upsetting the Sixers as a five seed just because they are a way better playoff team. But <laughs> we'll, we'll have to see what Ben Simmons has to say about that. And then I, look, I got the Brooklyn Nets coming out of here. I got the Brooklyn Nets coming out of here. I can respect that call. I got the Brooklyn Nets. I think KD and Kyrie are coming back like no, like no other. And they still got a lot of good pieces around them. They're poised to make a run. See, here's the thing for me. I don't believe in the Bucks. I'm just going to put that out there. I don't believe in the Bucks. I don't think they fix any of the issues that they actually need to fix. I don't. I Go get DeMar DeRozan. I don't think they fixed any of the issues they need to fix. I think they still have the same major issues as last time. I think they're going to lose because someone's going to do the exact same defense they did to stop them last time, and it'll work again. That's fair. The Celtics need some breakout stars. One of their many young picks needs to break out because Kemba Walker looked unplayable in the playoffs. Tristan Thompson is a good playoff guy. Tice is they're, – they're good, but they're not great. Mm-hmm. So you have three strong playoff guys, Smart, Brown, and Tatum, and, like, what else? Yeah. You can't have, like, some easily exploitable matchups going on like that. So we'll see. They're going to need to have some breakouts, so I'm not super high on that yet. Mm-hmm. Um. The Nets need health, period. Everyone on the Nets is hurt, always. Yeah. So, I, I, everyone on the Nets needs health. The Raptors need someone to step, one of their fives to step up, or Boucher, or Siakam to take another big step. And the Sixers, uh, they're actually my third bet. Sixers are my third bet. If I'm betting, like, order, I'd take Sixers third. Mm-hmm. Because I just think they have so much boom potential with Simmons and Embiid. Both of them are all NBA talents. Yeah. The Nets would be my second, even though they need the health. I just think that that's too much talent. But my number one, my call, the Heat. I just think they need the least luck. They don't need anyone to break out. They have bodies. They have guys. The only thing they need is maybe a little luck with their matchups. But hope not to get a four that will completely exploit them. But if they get the Celtics, they can play Iguodala at the four. They get the Nets, they can play Iguodala at the four. The, yeah. the only – I mean, the Bucks, you could play Olenek at the five still. But they worked a lot better having a muscler at the four. So, I don't know. We'll have to see what goes with that. The Bucks may not be a great matchup for them again. I think – You got Miami going back. I have Miami going back. I'm as boring. My, my prediction, my final prediction is Lakers-Miami because I'm boring. <laughs> um. My dark horse, my dark horse team, my dark horse team to really boom is Washington. I really, I really think, I really think, like, look at it, like, like, look, Westbrook, Bradley Beal are two of the best guards in the league. Like, you know, Denny is great. Rui is great. Bartons is really, really good. Troy Brown is really, really good. Thomas Bryan and Mo Wagner are both, like, all right. Maybe they find a center on the buyout market. Who knows? But whatever. They figure it. Maybe, maybe they just play small ball. Whatever it is. Denny's good. Denny can play small ball five. I'm telling you that right now. Um, I hope. He's still like 20, so who knows. Yeah. But I think they actually have some serious boom potential. Maybe not to go to the finals, but to uh, maybe make the ECF yeah. or the semis, the second round, upset some team. In terms of if they actually play the Bucks in the first round, maybe they actually beat the Bucks. I don't think they have the personnel personnel for it, but it would be tough for sure. No, I would have the Nets first, probably Sixers, and then Celtics for me to come out of the East. 
Yeah. I'm not in love with Miami this year. I, I think they're waiting on someone in free agency next year. I think they were. I think that someone got away. And I think <laughs> Jay Crowder is uh, Jay Crowder is angry because he would have gotten a much bigger bag. All right. The West. The bloodbath. The nitty gritty. Mind if I take this one? Go for it. Stop me when I say something psycho. Nuggets, Lakers, Warriors. Okay. Not getting stopped? Okay. Clippers, mm-hmm. Mavericks, Blazers. Okay, we have the exact same top six, by the way. You're kidding. Not in the same order, but we have the exact same top okay, six. Wait, no, run through your top six then. Run through your top six. Stop. You go through okay. your – I need to know this. So I have Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, Nuggets, Mavericks, Blazers. Lakers wow. one, Lakers one, Clippers two, Warriors three, Nuggets four, Mavs five, Blazers six. I think you're low on the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets are just gonna be amazing. But I do. I think one of the things that I'm only worried about for the Nuggets is their ability to defend and rebound as well as they have in recent time. I think losing Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley is going to affect their big men rotation in a way that. Like, Bull Bull can be really good for you, but if you're relying on Paul Millsap to do a lot of the lockdown and board getting, it's he's a pretty old guy to be doing all that work for you. So I really think, okay, Michael Porter Jr., I, I, not a defender. Not a, he, for one, has looked a little bit better in preseason. He's also, like, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to, like, sit there and freak out if he shows up and is able to defend next year. It takes a little while. He came back from a back injury and missed a whole season. It takes yeah. a while, you know? He's going to put it together. He's been a superstar at every level. He'll put it all together eventually and at least be an average defender with his measurements. But he was an elite rebounder last year. In the playoffs, he was an elite rebounder, period. Mm-hmm. I think that if he has a breakout or if Murray continues his breakout season, I think that that's the number one seed to me. Because they're going to try so hard in the regular season because they're all young. They're all yeah. young. They got RJ Hampton. They got that – Big man from I don't remember where who mm-hmm. I didn't love the pick at all, but whatever. Sometimes uh, I trust the Nuggets. Whoever they drafted is gonna be I trust Zeke the Nuggets. Zeke Naji or something like that. Yeah, Zeke Naji. It's him. I wasn't high on him, but I mean Nuggets. Yeah. Nuggets are a team who I trust their drafters. I'm mm-hmm. gonna just back out and say okay. Look, I, I wanted to put them higher up. I was just looking at all the teams and I. I couldn't bring myself to put them ahead of the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Warriors this season. But I, I looked surprised. at them and put them ahead of the Warriors, ahead of the Lakers. I don't know how you weren't able to. Uh, I, I just didn't see it. I don't see it happening. But, okay, now we, are, we got our top six out the way. We have the same teams mm-hmm. as the six best teams, per se, in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Now it gets to the play-ins. This is when it really gets interesting, gets tough. Shoot yours, shoot yours. Tell me who you think is making the play-in. Okay, so at seven, I have... The Utah Jazz. Same. At eight, I have John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. I like that. At nine, I have CP, D-Book, DeAndre Ayton, and the Phoenix Suns. Yep. And then falling to 10, but staying there if he doesn't get traded, is James Harden and the Houston Rockets. Okay, thank God. I thought we almost had the same top 10. I thought we almost had the exact same top 10. I was going to say we're, we're going to kick each other out, find new hosts, and start new shows. We can't <laughs> have the exact same opinions. <laughs> Okay, I also happy you didn't say New Orleans because I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell listeners right now I don't buy New Orleans. I am not buying New Orleans stock. New Orleans can be a surprise for me. I am not buying their stock though. They can mm-hmm. surprise me all they want. I, I they gotta stay healthy. What's your seven to ten? Hmm? What's your seven to ten then? 
Utah, number seven. I just think, like, come on. They've made the playoffs every year. Donovan Mitchell's a bucket. I'm not betting against them. But I am betting against them versus the heavy hitters. So they're seven. Mm-hmm. But, like, they could be number one in the East, just putting that out there. That's how yeah. weak the East – everyone's like, oh, the East is strong this year. The East is strong this year. Rah, 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 rah. Dude, the Utah – the team that makes the play-ins for the West could be a top two seed, top three seed in the East that I wouldn't even blame. Yeah, they could oh, have – Oh, yeah, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell? Yeah, it's the best team in the East. Who does Giannis have? Nobody. Bro, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, 100% better. Dude, they could be the number one seed easily. Good start is a great coach. And I – I mean, I'm doing a voice, but like, come on, like, honestly, like, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. So, Utah seven, Phoenix. I got Phoenix going to eight. Which I, the more I look at it, the less I like it. <laughs> the, the, someone put Demar Derozan on that team. The more I say it, the more I hate it. Um, I just don't believe in CP3 to be healthy, but I think that if he is healthy, they could actually sneak the six, knock the Blazers into the play-in. But I don't believe in Luka, Steph, Kawhi and PG, LeBron and Jokic not getting at large bids. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's why Blazers are my thing that could fall out. But I can see CP3 pushing himself into the top six, pushing them into the top six if he's healthy. But I don't see him staying healthy. So I see them maybe falling into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The rest of that roster is still strong enough. Maybe they're able to keep the eight seed, I hope. Nine seed, I've got Memphis. Fair. John Murray, I, they're missing Jaron Jackson Jr. for a little while. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna take him a while to get back and get acclimated to it, and he's still like working on his fouling issues. It'll take it a bit. So I see them dropping, having a weak start of the season, strong end. Still a very young team. Still a young team. I mean, my ten. I, I'm surprised they weren't your ten, because <laughs> I, I I I hate this coach. I, I I don't stop dumping on this team. I have I never say anything nice about them. My number 10 is the San Antonio Spurs. I, just, I, you know, I always am like, oh, the game is passed, pop by. Look at his rotations. Look at all these mid-range jumpers. Look at how many games they're losing. That roster is too good to be lose, losing this many games. I've said that again and again. Guess what? They find, they, lost, they missed the playoffs. DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge is not a playoff team. DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Kel- <laughs> Yeah. They got boy, they got hoopers. You got to enable them. You got to he doesn't enable them. He brings in Jakob Pertl when he already has LaMarcus Aldridge who should be a full-time center. Yak is fine, but like come on, LaMarcus Aldridge is your center, bro. Yeah. You, you can't play them together. This isn't like this isn't 20. This isn't 1990. This isn't 2013 before the verticality rule which we did a sick podcast on. This isn't Tiago Splitter and Timmy D right here. But I'm just going to say it. I, I still see them taking number 10. I think DeJounte Murray's going to ball out. I think um, what's his, I think Derek White's going to ball out. They got that rookie, Vassell. He's nice as heck. Mm-hmm. I, I got them making the 10. But then for my play-ins, I see Memphis taking seven. And I see Phoenix keeping eight. I see Utah falling out and missing the playoffs. Donovan Mitchell has an appropriately, appro- appropriately earned meltdown. Mm-hmm. San Antonio, uh, I think they're just going to sort of just be happy they're there, honestly. Yeah. But I see Memphis taking the seven. John Morant is just so nice. And I don't believe in a Utah clutch factor after they blew a 3-1 lead. Yes. See, the only reason I – because I have the Spurs at 11, so it's not like I had the Spurs that far out. It, it's just because 
if James Harden doesn't leave the Houston Rockets, I couldn't bring it upon myself to not put a James Harden-led team into the playoffs, at least into the play-ins, you know? Like, I don't necessarily think they're going to make their way from a 10 seed into the playoffs. I think I would love to see my play-ins, by the way. The Rockets against the Suns first round, James Harden, CP, and then the Suns, D-Book against Jaw, and then... The Grizzlies against the Jazz? Like, come on. It's That'd be great awesome. matchups all day long. I think that's – honestly, that's my main point I want to get across about the Western Conference is that no matter who misses the playoffs and the play-ins, I'm going to be sad I didn't get to see them in the playoffs because honestly. they're going to be a superstar team, like a team with a superstar player on them. And it's crazy that we're talking about the – the Hawks and the Magic when it's, it's I like you, Trey Young, but you're you're not Devin Booker, CP3, and DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, I'm much higher than you on Trey Young. I'll own that. But like, mm-hmm. I'm also pretty low on Zion and Brand. But like, man, the New Orleans Pelicans should be in the playoffs. But like, they just I don't have them a top ten. I yeah. also I don't have the Rockets in the top ten because only because I imagine Harden is traded or Harden mm-hmm. is going to pull up Vince Carter. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's going to be playing for playoffs, you know, taking a lot of nights off, a lot of general soreness. Maybe he goes in and gets buckets, but, like, a lot of missed games is my call. Or, or a lot of, like, empty possessions. Like, you know, oh, we're we're up, like, three in the last – last uh, the end of the game. Iso holds the ball for, like, four seconds and pulls up on the first three that he can find, does that for 20 possessions in a row. He hit three threes, and now he has – 50 points, but now they're down 15 because the other team just blew by him on the other side. I, I don't buy them playing winning basketball this year. Three for 11 from three with 28 free throw attempts. <laughs> the James Harden style line. Yeah, and then I guess, like I said, the Rockets at 10 right now. I have the Spurs at 11. If the Rockets trade James Harden, unless they get the Hall of the Century, which they clearly won't or shouldn't now, then they will, I'll, I'll happily put the Spurs ahead of them. And then I had the Pelicans at 12. Sacramento can't make the playoff. Kings at 13. T-Wolves at 14. And unfortunately for Lou and Shea, they'll be finishing at the last seed. But, hey, good for them because they'll have a shot at that first overall. Kate, man. Imagine they get Cade Cunningham. Dude, Cade Cunningham, Shai Gilgis-Alexander, Lou Dort. That's three of those kind of one-to-three, one-to-four switchy guards we were talking about. Alexei Pokushevsky is – I'm being told he should be playing the two. But, like, you have him at the four. Mm-hmm. That's an insane team. Theo Maladon at the bench, he's looking nice. That's that's a crazy team. That's a crazy – and it's the perfect year to tank because there's no there's no fans in the – my issue with tanking is about embarrassing, how embarrassing it is to the fans. Yeah. There's no fans. A bad product out there. There's no fans. I'm fine with it. Do it. But also, I'm still saying it. I think that Shai Gilgis, Alexander, or Lou Dort could have, like, come have a breakout season – and uh, lead them to the playoffs. But that's for later. That's for the later. Yeah, I don't think um, they're going to make it to the playoffs in this jam-packed Western Conference. But all right, As far as – okay, tell me who your, who your title contenders are. In the West? In the West. Sheesh. Sheesh. Um, you want me to take this? It's, you go first. I got the Brooklyn Nets in there from the East. You got uh, – who was it? The Heat again? I had the heat. But, he, okay, here's my issue with the West. Mm-hmm. How are there at least four contenders in the West? Yeah. And there's, like, no one in the East that I'm looking at. I'm like, yeah, that's a playoff contender. That's a title contender. 
There's no. I, I went to to write my notes and be like, okay, who do I think is going to win the NBA? Going to go to the NBA finals in the East? And I'm like, wow, I have no idea who's going to make the finals in the East. Wow. Why? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the West, and I can see the Nuggets, yeah, or the Lakers yeah. easily, easily making the finals. Mm-hmm. If if Michael Porter Jr. or Mur- Jamal Murray or both have serious step up seasons. And like all their guys just perform at like average or expected level, I could see them going to the finals. LA Lakers, exact same thing. If Taylor Horn Tucker steps up, I see them cruising. If he doesn't and everyone just plays at their regular level, I still kind of see them cruising. I'm gonna be honest. On an AD. I don't think Taylor Horn Tucker makes that big a difference, but I think he helps a lot if he does if he is good. Mm-hmm. Um or Kuzma also if he can big step up. And my third team that I think could really make the finals, you're gonna disagree with me on this one. Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. I just, I just think, I just think he's different. He's built different. He could, I think that he could have that kind of season where he just catapults them through the, through everybody. I don't know that there's any matchup that I'd look at the, at the Mavericks and I'd say they're toast except for like, I mean, except for the Lakers, you know, but I think everyone looks toast against the Lakers. You know what I mean? They don't look more toast than anyone else does against the Lakers. Yeah. Um, so I got the Mavericks there mm-hmm. and as a really outside, like outside shot, but still like close enough that I call them a contender, the Warriors. Of course. Now I need to see, I need to see how James Wiseman and Draymond Green defend. Mm-hmm. That's what I need to see. I need to see also how much they're relying because they're really relying on James Wiseman being a good defender from the go considering you're not beating, you're not making it through the Western Conference playoffs without beating some crop of Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, Kristaps Porzingis, Yusuf Nurkic, Rudy Gobert. Like, you're not making it through the, through the West without having to beat a couple of big dudes. Like, your best, the best bet you could get is, like, Yusuf Nurkic, Serge Ibaka, and, like, I don't know. I don't even know. You have to then go against one of them. Like, Rudy Gobert, I guess, would be your best your best three bigs to get in a row. Mm-hmm. And that's still a serious task for a rookie center. Maybe Draymond is going back to guarding fives. I don't know, but it's going to be, a, it's going to be hard, but if he can hold his own and Draymond is still locking everyone up and is able to play his good health ball, help defense, it's good enough on offense, or he's having another great offensive season. Like he did uh, two, three years ago or whatever year it was. Mm-hmm. Then maybe the Warriors are part of that contender group for me. Okay, I got, I got some, and it's the only one that I think you really missed on is the other team in LA. I think disrespecting the Clippers by not calling them a contender. I, need to I think see any it. team with Kawhi and Paul George on their roster uh, automatically title contenders. Whether pandemic they can, P. You're talking about pandemic P. I'm talking any about the next playoffs. Co- the next playoffs, they're all gonna have their vaccines by then. So <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I'm not giving any respect. I'm not giving any respect. To a team whose best player in a game in the game seven fourth quarter had zero points. I'm not giving them any title respect. Is it the same best player who hit literally one of the most clutch shots of all time in the playoffs the year before? Because so. he had a team. He had some dogs with him. And he who brought the them back. The Clippers have no dogs. I, I don't think it's such a foregone conclusion that we know who Serge Ibaka is. Because Serge Ibaka has never played. I've said it before. He's never played good without a big. And you know what? Who I was listening to that said the exact same thing I said? 
Nick Wright. And you know what? I love Nick Wright. So I'm gonna parrot, I'm gonna repeat it again. But I said it first, Nick. Stop stealing my takes, Nick. Um Look, I think the the Warriors too, one of the things that's important about James Wiseman is we've gotten all hyped up about him and like Kevon Looney is very much still on this team. He's very much gonna get eaten alive by any of those bigs I said. He couldn't I think Kevon Looney can do more of a job than you think he can. Just not doing anything offensively, obviously, but he works really hard on the offensive glass. He'll make your team he'll make your center work more than they would expect to. And he he bangs down low. He isn't the biggest guy and he's not the strongest guy, but he uses all of his height and weight to his advantage. He's got crazy long arms and he works really like he's going to make you work uh, with Draymond Green. And then to have him and Wiseman rotating in and out, you're going to see a little bit more like, okay, James Wiseman's coming in this lanky seven one. He could put it on the deck a little bit. Maybe he could space the floor. And then Kavon Looney's like, yeah, he's six ten maybe, but he's got like a seven, six wingspan and he's, like 240 pounds. So when you come down low to make your post moves, you're going to feel those hips. You're going to feel those elbows. And it's going to be a, a long night inside when you have to deal with them too. And Draymond Green coming to double you and slap you and kick you every time you come to the bucket. So right I think the, the Warriors are definitely title contenders this year. But there's just so many teams in the Western Conference. Like anyone in this. I, I actually have to add a fifth. I have to add a fifth. I have to add a fifth. Um, this is my sleeper contender. They're the most outside shot, but like, I wouldn't even call him a true contender, but I just need to say it right now. So if it happens, I can have that little vindication. Better not take my team right now. Oh, I don't think I'm going to, unless you read my notes, because this is the hottest take okay. I might have all night. Memphis Grizzlies. Okay, I was going to say Phoenix Suns. That's my Whoa! Big sleeper. Whoa! Big sleeper. Big sleeper. I don't like it. I, eh, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Come on, now, CP, debug. Who, yeah, hear who, me out, hear me who out. wins you those close games? Who wins you those close games? Really quickly, hear me out. John Morant in preseason oh, yeah. has looked like the third best point guard in the league. Period. Now, how much of that is real and how much of that is preseason, we will see. But he's some of the say. stuff he's done is just flat out amazing. Flat out amazing. Doesn't matter who's defending him. The way he's just been pulling up from three like it's nothing, flat out amazing. He looks even faster. He's better at decelerating and speeding up than he was before, and he was already the best in the league at that last year. I'm saying that. that. Maybe De'Aaron Fox, but maybe Swipe of the Fox. But John Morant looks like he might be the third best point guard in the league this year. And, like, if Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back 100%, has worked on his fouling a little bit, he's had a lot of time to work on his body, he'll hopefully be a little bit stronger. Maybe he really blossoms into that guy that I keep praying he's going to be, and I know he will be one day, and I have mm-hmm. a jersey. I actually don't have a jersey. I have a jersey. I don't have a Jaron Jackson jersey yet, but I pray he will be, and I'm going to be getting his jersey because I hope he will be. That's, that's a championship contender. They're full of dogs. They're full of hard workers. I've said it a hundred times. Yeah, They might be championship contenders this year if Ja can take that step. Look, we love the Memphis Grizzlies over here. You know that. And I, it's not to say that I don't think they could also be sleeper contenders. I'm just saying if I had to pick a, pick a sleeper team, I would give the Suns a nod, just a nod over the Grizzlies, just because they have a little bit more veteranness than just what CP3 brings to the squad. And then Devin Booker is more of an established player than pretty much anyone on the 
Memphis Grizzlies right now. My, my only issue is that CP3 is a loser. <laughs> He's not a winner. He's not a winner. He's a regular season winner. How about that? That's better. That's better. That's because the NBA never let him team up with Kobe and, and end oh the league. My God. But. but Kobe can make anyone a winner. Exactly. Dude, Kobe, you could play me with Kobe, and, like, I'd wind up with, like, a positive, uh, positive plus minus and, like, you know, like eight rebounds a game or something like that. You know, mm. eight, eight and eight a game. And like, yes, sir. We're four well, nine, a bench too. contributor. You kidding? He could take us and put us on the team, and they'd still be like a playoff team every year. But but speaking of winners, we get to the the most coveted award in the NBA season. Oh, Potential picks for year. for for the MVP next year. Oh, can I go on my rant, please? Please, go, can I rant? Please, can it, I rant? Oh my God, the MVP award is gonna suck this year. It's gonna suck. It's gonna suck at sucking. It's going to suck so hard, I wish it could suck more. The MVP is going to be weird because the play- best players aren't playing games. There's 72 games, lots of back-to-backs. It's the, it's the modern resting culture, which is very important, good for the knees. Very good for the knees, don't get me wrong. The least games played by MVP was Carl Malone with 49, and then it was Bill Walton with 58. I forgot to write down the years. I am sorry about that. There are 72 games this season. If the future MVP misses 14 games, that's two. That's, you miss like two weeks, and then you you load manage two games earlier in the season. You've missed 14 games like it was nothing. That's the second fewest games played by an MVP of all time. Now, I can't see someone breaking Carl Malone's record. I think that's a little extreme for a 72-game season. Mm-hmm. But, like, I wonder, like, I mean, there's a chance that that record could be broken. Now, see, my thing is, I wonder if, I wonder if they're just going to give it to the best player, even if he doesn't play enough games. Say, like, someone doing a lot of resting, LeBron, cough LeBron, if they're going to win it, or if this is going to be like an Iron Man award. If this is going to go to someone who played like 72 games and was really good for all of them, you know, and I'm going to say it. Like, I'm going to say it. The media is not actually fatigued of Giannis Antetokounmpo. All this pre- – Nick Wright said he is and KOC said he is, but I don't, I don't buy that the, most of the media is tired of Giannis. They love the Giannis train. They love him. You can tell by the way they were covering him this offseason. They are still in love with him. And if he goes out there and he has, like, 40 points and 18 rebounds and da-da-da-da, all these crazy stats again, and everyone's talking about he's on a historic pace and the Bucks are the first seed and they lost, like, eight games all season that's that's three in a row he's gonna win three in a row the voters are not that fatigued of him the Bucks look like they're gonna be a great regular season team they love to let Giannis get his points I just yeah I think enough people I, I, I hope I hope enough media people are starting to put Giannis in the Harden camp of you're not an MVP until you show it in the playoffs and if anyone has a good season, they'll steal this world, this award. But like, LeBron and AD had a short off season. Steph's coming back from an injury. Luca got beat up last season, and Jokic still isn't super appealing to the media's idea of what a casual NBA fan is. Even though, even though, every time I sh- I watch a Denver Nuggets game with someone, they fall in love with Nikola Jokic. They are absolutely head over heels in love with Nikola Jokic, every single person. 
They have not watched basketball before. They don't know the rules. I, I have to explain them the rules, and they love Nikola Jokic. He has that, he has that wow factor. Giannis has a pretty easy road to winning a third MVP. Before, he'll have three MVPs before he's beaten a top 20 player in the league in the playoffs. That'd be gross. That'd be flat out gross. Before making a finals appearance. LeBron didn't even have that many before making a finals appearance. Uh, Did LeBron have any before his finals appearance? He must have what, right? I'd have to go back and look at when he I won his. Yeah, he definitely I'm, won one in Cleveland. Was it before or after he made the finals with them the first year, though? It was probably the year that they ended up I think it was the, the year after. I think it was – hold up. Uh, I got it right here. 2009 LeBron James, 2010 LeBron James, 2012 LeBron James, 2013 LeBron James. Yeah, he definitely made it in like 2007 or 2008. He made it in 2007. Yeah. LeBron had no MVPs before he made the finals. Imagine, imagine. And imagine, the MVP, the imagine the MVP going to a player who deserves it. Oh, my goodness. What am I watching? What so, am I watching? This award for nothing. So do you have a, a short list for this? Or it's just Giannis, and if anybody else wants to play, they get it. LeBron, Jokic, Luka, Steph, Anthony Davis. LeBron, explanatory. Anthony Davis, just as explanatory. Nikola Jokic, dude, he had that crazy playoffs. The media might finally be realizing how awesome he is. He is awesome. He puts up crazy stats. He puts up great games. He has a good chance. Luka, the NBA media, is in love with him. He also is amazing and might play a lot of games. Jokic will play a lot of games. That dude's an Iron Man. Luka might. Steph, if he gets the Warriors to a top two seed, he's healthy. He plays most of the games. But if one of those – if like, I just don't want another Giannis. I don't care who, but I just don't want Giannis. Yeah, I mean – And I love Giannis. I love Giannis. I'm a big Giannis fan. Don't get me wrong. But I, I believe in MVPs going to players that prove – that prove their work in the playoffs. You don't win a second MVP unless you're doing shit. You're doing work in the playoffs. He's not doing work in the playoffs. He doesn't get a second MVP, much less a third and a DPOY. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, I think I think you're right in saying this MVP is probably gonna end up going to whoever's team finishes with a better regular season record in whichever conference that the NBA decides it's going to be tougher. The Bucks finish with eight to 12 losses, then Giannis is going to win it. If they finish with more, it'll probably go to whoever finishes first in the Western Conference and their best player. So yep. I could, if, if the Nuggets finish first, like you say, I wouldn't be surprised to see Nikola Jokic get a lot of first votes for the MVP, whether he wins it or not. We, I have the same short list pretty much. I have, except for, I, I have AD all the way at nine on my short list for the MVP, just That's because... Low. Just because I think it's unlikely that the NBA would give an MVP to the Lakers and have it not be LeBron James. That's true. That's a fair point. And so I just, I, you know, like the same way that if if KD or Steph had ever won one in Golden State, which like it almost wouldn't have made sense because it's like, well, these other guys on his team is arguably better half the game. So what's yeah. the? But either way, so I yeah, I'd be honest, LeBron, Steph, Luka, and Jokic as my first five, and then. Tatum, Harden, KD, AD, and and Paul George sneaking into that chance spot and MVP voting for me. Just because I, I, I'm not going to take this Paul George slander, man. I think Paul George is, is – I don't need to say anything, and you know that it's coming. I don't need to say anything. 
was better his second season when he was in OKC. I think he'll be better in his second season now that he's with the Clippers. Triangle offense, I think, will really help them. He'll, and, he'll have a lot less pin downs. It'll really help his game out. He'll get to run more pick and rolls. Oh, wait. <laughs> he'll just be more free to do what he wants. I think it'll be interesting. I think he'll just get more shots up than he would before. And he'll be with the team and into the flow of the game, playing a lot more games than he did last season. I wouldn't be surprised to see Paul George play, like, 65 games this year. I hope he plays, like, 65-plus games this year. And that's right. what could put him into the MVP conversation because LeBron's going to rest. Giannis, if his ankle injury was anything last during the playoffs last year, is going to rest. Harden, I don't even know when he's going to play. <laughs> I, I'd rather, I, I would rather see a third Giannis MVP than playoff P, the second-best player on the second-best team in L.A., win the MVP. I don't think he's going to win it. That's why he's below AD. I have him at 10, 10 and I think he could finish there on the voting because he's just he's going to have a good season, I think. I won't be surprised to see Paul George up, mm-hmm. upwards of 26, 4, and 4 and like one and a half steals this season. He's going to be he's gonna be nice, in my opinion. I think. All right. Are you ready for my next rant? Can we Let's move go. to DPLY for my next rant? I'm sorry I'm ranting so much. I told, I told everybody I was going to be negative this episode. <laughs> Second rant, we ready? Yeah. All right. Pat, Defensive Player of the Year. Pat Riley showed us this award doesn't mean Jack. He showed it with the contract he gave Bam Adebayo. For those who don't remember, I pointed out when we saw when the contract first came up that we will talk about it later. Guess what? Later just came. Later just came. Welcome to it. For those who don't remember, the, the contract is a 25% of cap max. It jumps to 27.5% for winning DPLY, but jumps to 28.5% and 30% respectively for making first-team All-NBA and for winning the MVP. This shows that being DPLY is just not that valuable anymore. It's not an award that GMs put stock in. A DPLY should go to the best defender in the league, and no team doesn't want the best defender. How is the best defender not first-team All-NBA? How is the best defender not first-team all-defense every year? How is the best defender getting played off the court? Because he can't defend somebody. How? How? Yeah. Like, we, we literally talked last podcast about how important having uh, – uh, about how important having a good defensive big is. But the ZPOY is going the way of the MVP award. The best defender doesn't win it. It's a regular season award. My only pick for DPOY is Anthony Davis. But if I could bet against him, I'd bet the house. I bet he doesn't win it because they don't do the voting right. Spinning in my chair. Man. Well, you'll be happy to know that I have Anthony Davis at the top of my five potential DPOI candidates. You have five? You could, I couldn't come up with more than three. Uh, oh, I wait. have five I put on this list. And, I mean, the fifth one is we're going to come right back to him. It's, it's Paul George again. <laughs> you, he doesn't play with Westbrook anymore. He's not winning any accolades, okay? Look, I think Paul he George. He lost Westbrook. Westbrook think, isn't winning him an MVP anymore or a DPOI. I think Paul George is about to have a really good season. He's going to make it all NBA, and I wouldn't be surprised to hear him in DPOI conversations. I think 
Kawhi is taking a step back defensively. And just because he's relaxed, I think he'll do a lot more team defense, a lot less one-on-one this year. It'll allow Paul George to clamp up and getting passing lanes and make a lot more exciting plays. I think the Clippers will be doing a little bit better, especially with Serge Ibaka. And look, he's at five for a reason, and it's because I wanted to put him on the list and not have four because I just my brain liked having five instead of four, you know? And I give my media poopy head ballot. <laughs> my Go media ahead. poopy head ballot. For all those who want to know my media poopy head ballot. Giannis Antetokounmpo, number one. Joel Embiid, number two. Patrick Beverly, number three. No, for real, if I had to give a top three, it's my real ballot, my intelligent voter, who I hope the voting committee learns from. Mm-hmm. My intelligent ballot would be Davis, Anthony Davis, Bam Adebayo, and then obviously we need to watch it to see it, but Draymond Green is a, is a guy that might get it if the Sixers finally realize that he is at his best as a swarming, as a center, then Ben Simmons. No pandemic P votes. No, no Brooke Lopez votes. No Pat Bev votes. Gross. Gross. None of that. We're standing, no, we're standing good playoff defenders now. Good, good defenders. People who you want on your team for their defense always. So I'm taking Davis, Bam, and maybe Draymond. Or Ben Simmons. Not Giannis I mean, until he wins something. Now there's, defense. now there's nothing else for me to say for the DPOI because I, I had AD, Giannis, Ben, and Bam. So there's, yeah. I think all that really says is that he has the Defensive Player of the Year award has just become less and less relevant. As to just, it's just given out to whoever has the most blocks or steals at the end of the season pretty much. And it's on not really representative of the best team or individual defender or overall defender on whichever team is the best defensive team in the league, which it should probably in theory go to. But mm-hmm. I guess much like a few other awards, it's it's become less and less relevant as to just what the NBA is about nowadays. Although talking about an award that's become more relevant, I know they're not next on our notes, so I'm sorry, Chaz, you're going to have to scroll down. An award that's actually become more relevant, the MIP. Mm-hmm. I think like, Eight of the last eight MIPs have made the an all-star team at some point, or like had M, like have made an all-star team, which is insane because for like the creation of the award until about 2012, like Aaron Brooks would win it or like Ryan Anderson would win it. Yeah, it was, it was a horrible just, award that didn't mean anything. Like the last mm-hmm. eight guys to win it or something like that have all had really good seasons and improved. And so mm-hmm. MIP, I actually have a. I have a lot of names. I've just got – I'm basically throwing darts. But that's, yeah, what, you always, that's what you always have to do with the MIP. The MIP is just throwing darts. Chaz, start us off. I got eight names. Uh, I'll throw my fir- my bottom three out here. It's not my the least ones I think are going to get. It. It's just the last three I wrote. It's DeAnthony Melton, Lonzo Ball, and Mitchell Robinson. All fair answers. All of them have uh, good situations right now where they really could get more time on ball and could do a lot more. Yeah, I just think they all yeah, – yeah. that's why they're on my list. All right, I'm going to give three really quick. Mm-hmm. Malik Beasley, if he even gets to play, <laughs> he could really show up. That dude can play. That dude can play. If he gets time yeah. on ball, he could really play. Mm-hmm. They, he was averaging like 20 a game for like the four games that he was able to be a Timberwolf for. The dude can play. Kyle Kuzma, 
Crazy call, I know. A little bit of a homer, but like you're gonna see a lot more rest from AD and LeBron, a lot more of Kuzma as the number two or even number one option. That's where he thrives. You'll be having another he might have another 20 points a game season like he did like two years ago, three years ago. His defense looks good. Everyone loves Kuzma. He clearly is one of the most like he has like the most Instagram followers per talent. How about that? If you can measure talent by block, he has the most Instagram followers per talent of anyone in the league. And media narrative dictates so much of this. So being a popular player helps you so much. And then my last call is like I said earlier, Markel Fultz. That dude can that dude has the potential to just have a crazy season. He's just mm-hmm. so nice. He's just so nice. And he's still putting it together after he was experiencing those weird shoulder pains and uh, mm-hmm. Philly didn't help him well. You know, we'll see. I think he could put it all together and have a nice season. Give you a next five. Yeah, yeah. Markel's on my list too. Uh, someone who you know has to always be on my list every year is Lugens Dort. Until he wins it, he's going to be on my list for most improved because he, he will at one point have a season, I think, where he can be a most improved candidate. So. Do you mean MVP candidate? Well, did I hear MVP and DPOY wrong? Did I hear Giannis? Did I hear? Did I hear actually deserves both awards? Unlike Giannis, wrong. (laughs) Yeah, so I got Lou on here, and someone who I really didn't want to pick, but I just love him too much because he's a second-year player, and they should almost never get the award. It's Rui Hachimura. Love Hatchback Hachimura. I really think Rui could have a really good year for them this year. Uh, I just. I don't think he's going to win it just because it doesn't make sense to give it to a sophomore player. They're supposed to get better in their second season, especially now that he's got a guy like Russell Westbrook to help him on his team. Uh, You're saying that, but of the guys I have left, I think half of mine are sophomores. Yeah. Speaking of guys who just got extensions, I have actually OG Ananobi at the top of my list for most improved this year. I like that a lot. I don't have him on my list personally, but I like that a lot. But I think OG, especially he just got his bag. They're, going to be missing what they had inside with the physical presence of the Serge Ibaka, Marc Gasol. I think a lot of his strength is going to be used in low post defending. I think he's going to get a lot more touches on the offensive end because they don't really have any good scorers or shot creators outside of like Siakam and Van Vliet. So I think OG has a lot of chance and a lot of skill to be able to make himself into the most improved. And then my last pick is a, a big fella who could stretch the floor we haven't seen a lot of this year, but could be a real difference maker in the Western Conference. Goes by the name of uh, Zach Collins. I've been high on Zach Collins since he was drafted. I think Zach Collins could be a nasty front court. Him and Nurkic, if he can get his shot really going and work a little bit on his just positional defense, he could be a really good tool for them. And you could look at a lineup of, yes, Damon, CJ are small at the one and two, but if you're rolling out Roko, Zach Collins, and Yusuf Nurkic behind them, then I think you're making up a lot for their defense. So they're mm. getting, those are my last picks for, for most approved right there. It's OG, Zach Collins, Mitch mm. Robs, Anthony Zoe. All right. I think could really get it this year. Maybe. Uh, I'm going to say it. Mm-hmm. A lot of my guys are second year, more than half actually, the guys I'm about to drop are second year players or in their second full season. Yeah. I have Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, both as candidates. I think they both are poised to have serious breakout seasons. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a little harder for Murray because he has the bubble expectations. Yeah. And it depends on if people are going to look at the bubble expectations or the actual expectations for what would be a seriously improved season for him. 
on whether he gets it or not. And Michael Porter Jr. might just really blow up. I love that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, another time, two guys, same team. You ready? Yeah. John Morant. I really, if he's uh, if he ascends to top three point guard in the league conversation, I think there's no discussion that that's uh that's mm-hmm. an easy MIP season win. No question. I don't care. That's a sophomore year. I don't think anyone would care. Mm-hmm. Second one, Dylan Brooks. That dude is nice. That dude is nice and keeps improving, and he looks like he's finally getting his basketball IQ sorted out in preseason. If it carries to the regular season, Dylan Brooks, MIP, calling it now. Also, it would take someone else not having a serious breakout, putting that out there with it. Mm-hmm. Um, final two, again, same team, Lou Dort, Shy Gilgis Alexander. I think Lou has a lot easier route than Shy, but I think Shy has the ability to – he's going to have the ball in his hands so often. He's going to be putting up shots, yeah. drives, having the ball, doing stuff, all tough. He might make the all-star team even. He's so good. He might get it. Lou, on the other hand, if he puts he, – he clearly showed he has every tool in the box in, mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Mm. Just putting that all together, that will get him the MIP. That could get him an all-star. He, he was an all-star in those playoffs. And if he puts it all together in that last game of the playoffs, he was the league, he played like the league MVP in game seven against the Houston Rockets. If he hadn't gotten his three blocks, that would have been league MVP period. Actually, because he got it blocked, that makes him look like league MVP. If he put it in, that would have been some finals MVP level stuff. So I'm telling you, Lou Dort has all the tools. It's just about putting it together for him. Yeah. All right. All right. Two more awards to run through. Um, I think six man of the year is really boring. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if we can talk about it much because it's going to be such a weird award really quickly because of COVID. Yeah. So many players are going to get so many starts. The best six men like might start too many games to be six man of the year. Like I have mine are Montrez Harrell, Michael Porter Jr., Karis LeVert, but mm-hmm. all of them could wind up starting a lot of games because someone got COVID, someone got sick, someone got injured and missed like 20 games because they were they missed three weeks. So I think it's a boring thing to really go into it. As long as I also don't really care about the award ever mm-hmm. since Jamal Crawford beat Lou Will and Todd Gibson for his final six man of the year. And after Lou Will got his last one and one, like it's, it, it's a joke. Yeah. It is. Not an award indicative of a strong team success or anything. It's about, I'm, I go one off the bench and I put the bucket in the hole. Mm-hmm. the ball in the hole i i don't know i just don't put a lot of stock in it who, who you got just quickly. yeah I, I got a quick five it's uh i got dennis instead of trez this year i think that he's he's a better bench player so i think i he's gonna, think he's gonna start yeah it's that uh, i think he'll end up getting too many starts i got fred van vliet at the second spot again he's naming starters if your third guy is also someone who's projected to start i'm gonna Give you a All right, I'm gonna say team. a different guy because he might start. Because my third guy is <laughs> is somebody else. But I got Brandon Clark on my list. Who's gonna yeah, start? He's gonna Jaren start. He's Jerry Jackson Jr. isn't playing. Brandon Clark is starting. I got Miles Bridges. Who I guess he's gonna start for Gordon Hayward now because he's hurt. And then Spencer Dinwiddie, who I think is definitely backing up for Kyrie and Karis Levert. By the way, I think Karis Levert is gonna start. The just point like is, the, I, I they will make the Twitter of, icon like my face right now, but like, I, I literally couldn't think of one guy who is going to be good enough to come off the bench and win six man of the year this year because of yeah. how useless this award well, is now, right now. Well, yeah, <laughs> you just named you just named five starters, five guys that I wish came off the bench for their team so they could win this award. How about that? I agree? I actually think all five of those guys should come off the bench. The only thing is, 
Steve, Na Steve Nash has come out and said Karis LeVert is the Manu. He used the Manu card. He used the M word. He said the yeah. M word. He said Manu Ginobili. So I think Karis is probably coming off the bench. But, like, I don't know. I don't – none of us know. We'll see. Like, yeah. And then the last award we got to run through, the, arguably the, only, the most hyped one. The only award that might matter, honestly. The only award yeah. that might matter more this season than any other season. The rest of the awards kind of have, like, a like – a, poo-poo to them this yeah. is the only award that is like stronger because of all of the turmoil they've had to deal with all the the everything going on the rookie yeah. of the year award mm -hmm. i got three names go for it and i'm not saying they're the only three names mm -hmm. because so many rookies are going to get shots this year so many fourth year players so many four-year college players are going to be getting their shots this year so many guys like might have a shot i have a list of guys actually that might just get the shot my top yeah. three no particular order mm -hmm. Lamelo ball obviously yeah Killian hayes cole anthony she's been hearing those names for the last two months mm -hmm. i'm telling you i just they they're all because they're all gonna have the ball in their hands so much i mean cole mm -hmm. anthony apparently not they just signed mark elfos to that extension but Killian Hayes and LaMelo Barr are going to have the ball in their hands so much. I think Isaac Okoro might have a shot. He mm -hmm. might get the ball in his hands a lot. He's going to get some serious – he might get some serious minutes. Um, on this. I don't see Edwards or Wiseman getting enough touches to do it. But like, maybe Wiseman gets enough touches. Denny Avdia might. Mm -hmm. Okongwu might. I don't know. Maybe Malachi Flynn gets a lot of touches because, like, the Raptors get sick or something because they're in Tampa, and Tampa's a mad thing right now, mm -hmm. you know? But my, my top three, solidly, by a by a good chunk, is Killian Hayes, LaMelo Ball, Cole Anthony. Who you got? Yeah, I, I really struggled to pick a top three for this one. Mm -hmm. um, I'll say I have Killian Hayes just on the edge of my top three at four. And just like mm -hmm. sneaky four, and then I got Lamelo at three, my boy James Wiseman at two, and sneaky number one. And I hope for God that they start him is Obi Toppin. Yeah, if 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 Tom Thibodeau wasn't the coach, he would probably be my number one. But I just I don't I don't know. He never played rookies before. Maybe he finally gets it. And they've got you know Julius Randall and I, I, and Mitchell Robinson. I'm not giving myself a concussion right now. I'm not going to hit my head on this desk until I get a concussion. I'm not. I just talked. I just met with a concussion researcher this week. I'm not going to be hitting my head on this desk until I get a confession. Just please start Obi Toppin, and he can win Rookie of the Year. That's all I'm telling you, Tim. Just play please, him. And move him to the five eventually, please. Be just play good. him. Play him. Just Bench play Julius Randle. You don't need him. You just don't let need him. Leave. No one needs Julius <laughs> Randle. Like, Julius Randle. Actually, the, the Warriors are the only team that I think can really use a Julius Randle type. But whatever. Oh I don't want the money on the books. And then no, I, he's just it's so oh, whatever. And then Pat Williams, I think, deserves a little love. He's had a really good preseason. Depending on what, again, depending on how they run it, maybe he gets a lot of run, a lot of touches. But I just don't see him get enough shots. Exactly. To be honest. I, I've heard the same thing that he's been playing well, but like Kobe White shoots, Zach Levine shoots, Laurie Markkinen is shooting and in a contract year. Wendell Carter Jr. is shooting and needs to prove that last season was was not his fault. It was Jim Boylan's. Mm -hmm. I just don't see him getting shots. Um, not to dump on your pick right away. But if Patrick Williams is able to get shots, I think he could totally win it because I definitely think he looks like a baller. Yeah. All right. Ended off on some positive, positive hot takes. Let's do it. I'm excited. Fire Buy yourself. Fire clips to be on the post. 
Let's go. Let's go one for one. Give me a hot take you got about the All-NBA or any of the awards this year. All right. Luka Doncic, first team. Luka Doncic, first team. I got Zion and Job. Wait, hot or not? not. I'm personally going to go not. It's my own no. take, but I'm going to go not. Yeah. I think it's pretty – I mean, I think he's going to have – I think that he, as long as he has, like, a pretty good season – I think that the media is going to give him the first team no matter what. Yeah, I got for, – for my first hot take, I'd have three guys on the first – on the All-NBA first team are going to be under the age of 27. On the first team? Yeah. So that's what, Luka, Jokic, and – Giannis, Tatum, or Bam. Okay. That's like – that's like lukewarm. I'll give you a lukewarm on that. The official temperature underneath Sacramento Kings – Head coach Luke Walton's chair, lukewarm. I'll give you that that temperature. All right, what do you got next? All right, so my last one was not that hot, so I'm going to come in hot. How about Damian Lillard doesn't make an All-NBA team? So, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. That's, the Scoville level on that one is pretty high up, my friend. I came, I came for burning. I came, I came burning. The, I came to burn the building. I said uh, Damian Lillard doesn't make an All NBA team. I think the Blazers are going to struggle, mm-hmm. and I think just there's so many talented guards like Curry, Luca, Harden, Bradley Beal, Trey Young, Jamal Murray, John Morant, Ben Simmons. That's eight dudes. CP3, Devin Booker. That's ten dudes. Russell Westbrook, eleven dudes. Damian Lillard has a rough season. Damian Lillard's love is starting to run out. They get the sixth seed after having been anointed, having such a great offseason. Maybe the voters just forget about him this year. Maybe John Morant has a really good season. Maybe Lillard has to do a play in a game again. That's a spicy one for sure right now. That's a hot take. I'll match you with one of my own. And I'm excited. That both Zion Williamson and – Ja Morant are going to make all NBA third team this season. All NBA third. Mm. I'm going to say it's, that's pretty hot because I just don't see Zion playing enough games, but man, I'd love to see that Zion's different, but I don't yeah. see Zion being that all NBA third team, especially because we didn't have him in our, any of our playoffs, no, but actually I, he gets so much media love. You know what? I see it. I see it as a possibility. That's my my low key hot my hot takes. Zion and Jaw both get voted it voted into the All NBA thirteen. You ready for my like mildly hot take? Let's go. Embiid doesn't make All NBA again. Let me let me match it with one that I have relating to Joel Embiid as well. It's at mm-hmm. least two guys won't make All NBA because they'll miss too much time for COVID. Cough cough. James Harden and Joel slash Rudy Gobert. I love that. Gobert has antibodies. Gobert and Arden have antibodies. They're fine. That, if, oh if they're close God. contacts, though. <laughs> I hate that we have to talk about He's going to be close contact every week. And then, oh, my God. Exactly. So, no, I, it's actually, you know, whose podcast was I listening to just about this? Oh, my God. Was it? Oh, I think it was Nick Wright. He was talking about how this – was Chris Vernon I'm talking about the Phoenix Suns. I broke my Hanukkah gift I was playing with. I got a, I got a, I got a Kevin Durant from my uncle. Ooh. Um, but Chris Vernon was t- – uh, Nick Ray and Chris Vernon were talking about the Phoenix Suns. And one of the issues that the Phoenix Suns had and why they played so well in the bubble, apparently, 
is because they, they're a young team. They spend too much time in the clubs. <laughs> Makes sense. Clubs in Arizona are closed. Had to get in the gym, I guess. Gotta spend more time in the gym. Gotta spend more time winning. So, I don't know. I think I think it's actually going to be interesting how, like, which cities are opening and which cities aren't is going to play into that. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. It's gonna and, be- like, you know, if, if you're on the East Coast and, you know, you've got, like, three teams in Florida, how that's going to impact that. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm, I mean, I'm not excited, but I, I love watching how people, like, game plan for weird stuff like that, so I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. The strategy is going to be interesting to see all the different things that NBA teams have to do. My last two takes aren't about the All-NBA. One's about the All-Defense teams. One's about the All-Rookies. So go ahead and give me one. All right, last one. One of Pandemic P or Kawhi Leonard doesn't make an All-NBA, whether because of character, hatred from the media, lackluster play, or injury, or just missing too many games. Okay. I think like uh, that's I not mean, that crazy a take. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Paul George not make it. As much as I said, I think Paul George is going to have a great season. They're are going to be a lot of guys I think are going to have really good statistical years. So I'm going to say it like Kawhi Leonard's not playing back to backs. I think like a lot, a, a lot of games are supposed to be back to backs this year. And like what he gets one funky injury and misses three weeks and then he gets COVID and it's, Oh my God, he played 40 games this season. How yeah. He's going to be looking at that Carl Malone mark. Yeah. Like he's, he's not, I, I'm just saying, I don't think it's crazy for any superstar to miss it this year. It's a weird so, season. Give me your hot all defense and all rookie. I didn't even. So my those. my all defensive, my it's a big big booty just got paid. Rudy doesn't make an all defensive team this year. That's scolding hot. That's a DPOI. I'm excited. All right. I don't think he's making it. And then and that's scolding hot. That's last a guy, that's three the guy with the is, uh, loves. My last my last flamer to go out on is that at least at least two second round or undrafted players are going to make the all rookie teams this year. Just I think if you that's... include like late, late first, like post twenty five, I think definitely. No, screw those guys. Second rounders and. Oh no, why? Because I'm thinking of Desmond Bain. <laughs> I'm thinking of Desmond Bain fully. Only Desmond yeah. Bain. No, I just, I just think it's going to be because, especially in this season, there's going to be more roster spots, so there's going to be more guys there, and they're going to get more touches, more minutes. Teams are going to be resting weirdly. They're just going to have a lot more opportunity to run, whereas some of the bigger stars on teams, like we just talked about how a lot of those guys might not have touches because other t- guys on their teams like to shoot. So mm-hmm. you might look at teams where they're going to let their young guys just go out there and play for an entire fourth quarter because they don't care about the game. And <laughs> somehow they're Theo Maladon. Theo Maladon and Alexei Pokushevsky right there. You just said both of their names. <laughs> there you go. You can have Poku. You can have Kasha Stanley for the Pacers. That's my two guys right there. Like, come on now. Kareem Matane is making it all, all rookie first team anyway. I wish. So. <laughs> I wish they would give him a shot. I wish he signed with the Lakers. The Lakers needed a third ball handler. I liked Xavier Simpson mm-hmm. in college for Michigan, but like, I didn't like him that much. I love Kareem Mane. The Lakers should take taken Kareem Mane. Whatever. Yeah, to wrap up our predictions, you said you have Lakers seat in the finals again? I do. Repeat. What do you what's the series going? <sighs> what, Lakers and six? Starting LeBron. Lakers and five. Lakers and five again? Lakers Lakers won in six last time. I got Lakers okay. and five. Lakers and five. Even easier the second time for LeBron and A D. They got better and the Heat 
did not. Avery Bradley's gonna walk in there. I got all the secret plays, coach. Like, okay, tell me the secret play. What's Vogel's secret play? He says, okay. He gives the ball to LeBron James, and then Anthony Davis sends him a high screen. Eric Spolster then slaps him across the face. <laughs> Eric Spolster tells him to go back to the bench and sit. <laughs> he goes, he's it's the Billy Donovan secret plays old meme from like 2012 peak NBA memes. Uh, Mm-hmm. Peak Facebook NBA memes. <laughs> what a time it was, Facebook NBA memes. Yeah. I want to say I got the Nets in the Yeah, Nets. tell me. I got oh it's so hard for me to pick between the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Warriors to make it to the finals. I feel like that's honest, an easy think, pick between I think it's easy to eliminate one of those teams really fast. <laughs> I know I know you do, but I don't. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick all three of them there and I'm gonna say no matter what, the Western Conference is winning this NBA finals this year. Yeah. I, the only way, and let me tell you, the only way I see anyone in the East winning is if a sleeper makes it out of the West, which I don't see possible, or they have to go 21 games before making the NBA Finals and someone gets hurt. It's totally realistic that like an, <laughs> they're about to play a third of their regular season again before they even hit the Finals. Yeah. And then they go to the Finals and you're playing like the Miami Heat who or like the Brooklyn Nets who won in like 4 5 5. Yeah, it's like They're like, "Hi, we played seven less games than you and haven't played in like a week and a half. We're all rested. That yeah. guy in the back got hurt, but he's back." Yeah, like, TLC's feeling really good. His knees are really strong. They've had been in the Norwood a lot. You know, we know every play that you can do because we've had a week and a half to practice. So we yeah. learned your plays, even if we won't play you. If you start running the Clippers playbook, we know that one too. Like we didn't have anything better to do. Like, yeah, I think that's that's really the only struggle for any team out of the West. <laughs> LeBron is going to be just having to to get his team ready to be able to play all four series because everything is going to be a battle in that Western Conference. Mm-hmm. And the East, it's it's not going to be a slouch. There's going to be eight. Oh, there's going to be eight teams with good players in the in the playoffs, but there's it's going to be some matchups where you're going to look at it in the Eastern Conference and you're like, wow, well, neither of these teams would have made the playoffs over here. So, because what are we uh, going, boys? Who's the worst team in the West that you think would make the playoffs in the East? I'm telling you right now, <laughs> I think, I think that if the OKC Thunder were in the East, they might. They might have not traded someone. They might make a push at the deadline to add somebody so they could get into the play-ins. But I think every other team in the West would make the playoffs in the East. Yeah, I I was going to say I think the Kings could end their drought if they were in the Eastern Conference. (laughs) (laughs) I think De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley is enough. Tyrese Halliburton slinging passes. <laughs> I oh always think that's all it takes, man. No, it, <laughs> look, Atlanta. I don't want to say this about you, but come on, man. Like, Atlanta and Orlando, when you like that's like it's really like, <laughs> they the East finally gets eight teams that can make the playoffs, and the NBA goes, okay, bet let's expand it to ten. <laughs> Because we got tired of watching someone get swept in four. Let's have them play two games and then play somebody else and get swept in four. Oh my god. What are you what are you just just make it best of sixteen already, please. Yeah. 
I was about to say, what do you think of making a best of sixteen? I would, I would love to see it personally. I just, I can't, I can't. I, I just, the NBA is such a global game now. Like, if you're really like so scared to lose, like, like the media markets have hold up. Let's look at my. We have the same. We have the same bubble, right? The same playoff bubble. So it's Atlanta, Orlando, Indiana, and Washington. I'm just gonna say it. How many of the people in those cities are only watching because their team got the eighth seed? I think, like, I think they're just basketball fans. I think they're just watching the NBA. Like, they're just there watching the NBA. You're not like. It's not like oh the Hawks aren't in it this year. Well, screw that. No one, no one's like, no one in Atlanta is like, I'm not watching the playoffs. The Hawks aren't in it. Like Atlanta, I mean, Atlanta's a good basketball city, but they they love basketball. Mm-hmm. Washington, same kind of deal. Indiana, that's a basketball city. They love watching basketball. They'd rather their team be there. Don't get me wrong. They'd rather, know you they'd rather be playing. Play. They'd rather be playing themselves. That that they have the most basketball players per capita by like miles. But like Indiana, that, that's a basketball city. Orlando, mm-hmm. Orlando's Orlando. They're all at Disneyland. Orlando's not a real city. It's a city of like it's a it's city, city of roller coasters over there. I I've been to Orlando. I'm gonna tell you, I've been to Orlando so many times. I lived in Florida. I went to Orlando. I don't know that there's anything in Orlando except for roller coasters. I don't believe it. It's just it's all it's Disneyland and like the suburbs of Disneyland, and really? it's just not pretty. Yeah, Ugh. but as we're recording this, I don't think you dropped our our standard time and and day when we we started this one. But it's currently one twenty one on the morning of the NBA season, so we got games tonight. Oh games my god! In, in only like sixteen eighteen hours. Yep, we're at an hour and fifty of recording almost. So this has been Ball Talk, baby. Tuesday one twenty Tuesday December twenty second one twenty one a.m. Never question our dedication. This episode will be up in about like six or seven hours. Oh my God! Happy Hanukkah! Happy Merry Hanukkah. Christmas! Happy holidays! Merry Happy Christmas. holidays! Treat your fellow men well. Good night, everybody. It's Ball Talk. It's Ball Talk, baby. 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 Baby, baby, baby.